Jude has been speaking about individuals who have crept into the church of his day. And it appears that these individuals had the potential of misleading people in the church into error and immorality. He describes them in great detail in his letter and warns the people of the church of how dangerous they are. And in reality, Jude is calling believers of his day to take a stand against the evils these individuals promoted. And he's reminding them that they are in the midst of a great spiritual battle. In the final section of his epistle, the, the apostle gives some important suggestions to his readers about how they can remain true to the faith and uh, in, in spite of the confusion that surrounded them in their church. And in this reflection, we want to take a look at the first few words of advice that Jude has to offer to the church of his day regarding how they can stand firm in their faith. And so let's begin by reading from Jude, verse 17 to 21. Jude 17. But you must remember, beloved, the predictions of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. They said to you, in the last time, there will be scoffers following their own ungodly passions. It is these who cause division, worldly people, devoid of the Spirit. But you, beloved, building yourself up in your most holy faith and praying in the Spirit, keep yourself in the love of God. The first piece of advice that Jude has to offer believers who are living among false professors of faith and those who do not walk faithfully with the Lord is to remember the predictions of the apostles. Verse 17 says this, But you must remember, beloved, the predictions of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. Part of facing the battle is to be aware of the tactics of the enemy. And I've met many people who became Christians and who are, were surprised to find that the devil seek, seeks to devour them. Now, can you imagine a young man enlisting in the army, and when he finds himself in this very first battle, he's devastated to discover that the enemy actually wants to kill him. All too many believers are ready, are, are, are ready to give up when they, they encounter problems in their Christian life. They're surprised that Satan wants to destroy them in their faith. Recognize that Satan is a master of disguise. And he reveals himself through as a serpent in the Garden of Eden. In the book of Acts, he shows up as Ananias and Sapphira, within Ananias and Sapphira, bringing an offering to the church. Here in Jude, he infiltrates the church with false teachers and professors of faith. And Jude reminds us what these apostles told us. They said to us in verse 18, in the last times... There will be scoffers following their ungodly passions. The apostles told us that there would be scoffers in the last days. And these individuals would deny the lordship of Jesus Christ and follow their own passions. They would reject the Bible. They would reject the 
They're only the only master of the Lord Jesus Christ. They would follow their own dreams. They would seek to satisfy their flesh and its lusts and desires. Understand that there will be scoffers. They will mock the purpose of the Lord God. We will stand alone in our commitment. At, at, when I was at university, I, I would walk to the parking lot from where I parked my car to, to my classes. And, and I, I would cross the road at a, at a traffic light. And I would stand there at the red light waiting for it to turn green. And, and as I stood there waiting for that light to turn green, I would watch people coming up to that light, look both ways and ignore the light and cross anyway. And I foolish waiting for the light when everybody else was crossing. But I suspect that this is how it's going to be more and more for us as believers. We'll stand at the crossing refusing to move any further because God has said no. And people will walk right by us ignoring every rule in the book and mock, with a mocking look on their face. There will there may even be times when we feel silly, but, but the reality of the matter is that we have committed ourselves to our only master, and he says no. Satan will take that battle right into our churches. The apostles told us it would happen. We need to be ready for this. There will be scoffers and lawbreakers infiltrating our midst, seeking to distract us. They will mock the truth of God's word and seek to undermine its authority. They will reinterpret it to suit their needs. They will scoff at our interpretation and may even hate us because of it. But Jude tells us that these individuals are worldly people devoid of the spirit who will cause division among us. Verse 19, it is these who cause division, worldly people devoid of the spirit. If we're going to stand firm in the faith, we must be aware that there is an enemy who will do anything he can to distract and to, to defeat us. Don't be surprised at the attacks that come our way. Don't be surprised that those attacks come from even within our own churches. If we are going to stand firm, we must remember what the apostles predicted. They predicted that there would be, in the last days, scoffers who mock, scoffers who seek to divide, scoffers who seek to destroy the work that God is doing in our midst. Now, because we can expect that the enemy is out to scoff and to destroy us, Jude challenges believers, therefore, to build themselves up in the faith. Verse 20, but you, beloved, building yourself up in your most holy faith. Now imagine that soldier heading out to battle without any training in how to use his weapons. Imagine that he lacks discipline and strength. Imagine that he's not even convinced of the reason for the battle. What chance has he to survive the battle before him? The battle is not for weaklings. It takes strength, discipline, conviction, and faith to win this battle. Yet many seek to fight without a knowledge of the word of God and what it says, and they cannot give an answer for the reason of the hope that is within them. Many who enlist do not know how to distinguish the Lord from 
from the enemy or truth from error. Some of them are still friends with the enemy and they're not fully convinced about what side they should fight on. If we're going to engage in this battle, we need to know what side we're on. We need to know the difference between truth and error. We need to be absolutely convinced. We must be willing to give it our all. And the question we must ask is, are we ready for the battle? Have we been building ourselves up in the faith? Have we been maturing and growing in our walk with God? Are you convinced of your stand? Are you ready to take your place, your, your life, put your life on the line? And if you're going to face the battle, we must build ourselves up in the faith. Next, Jude tells us that those who are going to overcome and stand firm in the faith must be diligent in praying in the Spirit. Verse 20, and praying in the Holy Spirit. Now you realize that our strength is not in ourselves. We need to draw the strength and wisdom we need from God, and we must rely on him and draw down the resources of God from heaven to overcome. And notice that Jude tells us that we need to pray for those resources. But notice that it's not just any prayer that is required here. He challenges us to pray in the Spirit. Now, while believers have different ideas about what it means to pray in the Spirit, what Jude is telling us here is fairly simple. How easy it is for us to go to God with our own wisdom and understanding and tell him what we want him to do. And there's a certain presumption in this kind of prayer. How can we tell the Almighty and all-wise God what to do? This is where praying in the Spirit comes in. Praying in the Spirit is not praying for whatever we want, but for, what, for whatever God's Spirit wants to wants and, and, and leads us to pray for. It's crying out for the will of God to be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's a prayer that is led and inspired by the Spirit of God. It's the prayer of God's Spirit through us, moving us to accomplish His will and purpose in and through us and in our circumstances. Prayer is not just telling God what we want. It's being so in tune with His Spirit that I am crying out for what He wants. It's a surrender of my ambitions and desires and an acceptance of his purpose for my life. It's the cry of Jesus in the garden when he says, not my will, but yours be done. It's the, it's the prayer of him or her who is so in tune with God's work and God's spirit in them that they are crying out according to his will. Often as not, it's a prayer of surrender to God's purpose. It may be a bold request that we would dare not ask in our fleshly prayers, but it is a prayer that is led and in tune with God. Are you in tune with God to this extent? If we're going to stand firm in our faith, we must know how to pray in the will and the purpose of God. We need to learn to get past praying for what we want and crying out instead for the purpose of God to be accomplished. The disciples once asked Jesus how to, to teach them to pray. And I remember reading that for the very first time and wondering why they would ask that question. All you need to do is talk to God. But prayer is not that simple. It's, it's easy to ask for God what we want and tell God what we're feeling in that. And that's important, but powerful prayer 
connects with God and his purpose. Effective prayer is motivated and led by God's spirit. It is prayer that enters into the very heart of God and cries out with his passions, his heart. If you want to stand firm in the faith, we need to learn what it means to pray in the spirit. We need to learn to be one with him in passion and longing and desire. We must learn to cry out with his voice for his purpose. And that's very different from telling him how we think he needs to run things. Praying in the spirit. Now, finally, here for us today, Jude tells us that if we're going to stand firm in the faith, we need to keep ourselves in the love of God. Verse 21, keep yourselves in the love of God. Now, understand that nothing can separate us who are loved by God from his love. God's love will remain constant even when we have wandered from it. The parable of the lost sheep illustrates that so powerfully. Even when we were at our worst, the Lord Jesus demonstrates his love to us by laying down his life on the cross. There is no question of God's love for us. But let me remind you of the parable of Jesus about the prodigal son. He was dearly loved by the father, but took his inheritance and left for a foreign land. He didn't see the father in those days. He lived as he pleased, and he squandered his inheritance. But all the while at home, the love of the father was constant. Never once did the love of the father diminish. His heart cried out for his son. While the father's love was constant, the son's experience of it was was not the same. The son experienced none of this love in his rebellious lifestyle. Sitting with the pigs on one occasion, wishing he could eat their food, he comes to realize just what he was missing. And he remembers how even the lowest servant of his father's was treated with love and respect. And there that day, he determines to return to his father and cast himself upon his loving care. He had not arrived at the door before his father rushes out to greet him with outstretched arms. There that day, the son came to understand that never once did his father stop loving him. All the time he was loving, he was living in rebellion and experiencing nothing of this love. He wasn't open to it. There were other things on his mind. But when he came back, he comes back to realize that that love had always been there for him. Now, it's easy for us to wander from the love of the Father. Be assured that the enemy is going to attack and distract you and, and tell you that the forbidden fruit is delightful to touch and taste. He will tempt you to leave the shelter of the Father's love for distant shores. The world, with all its attractions and beauty, will be a tempting thing for us. And some will demand uh, the inheritance and, and pack their bags and leave the shelter of God's love. But there is no glory outside of the Father's love. Everything you need is there. Some people, however, seem to need to experience this for themselves. And they walk away and they fall into temptation and they find themselves defeated. 
But if you want to remain firm in your faith, you must keep yourself in the love of God. That implies a constant fellowship with him. It implies a commitment to be faithful no matter the cost. This doesn't mean that everything is going to be easy. There's going to be times when God will feel distant. And in those times, our hearts will cry out to be for his renewed touch. And until we know that touch, we must remain faithful. We must never allow our eyes to wander elsewhere. We must keep our heart faithful to him. We must remain under the shadow of his love. So Jude reminds us here that there are many who have crept in unawares and that we are in the midst of an intense spiritual battle. And we should not be surprised that the enemy shoots to kill. That is the nature of the battle. And if we want to stand firm in the midst of this battle, however, we need to build ourselves up in the faith. We need to learn to pray in the spirit. We need to keep ourselves in the love of God. Now, Jude has much more to say about this standing firm, and we'll examine this in the next message. But for now, he encourages us to build ourselves up, to pray in the spirit, and to keep ourselves in God's love. The apostle warns us, that things will be difficult, and we need to be firm in these commitments of faith. In the battle before us, there are one of two errors we can make. First, to believe that we can conquer in our own strength, but apart from the shelter of God's love, we are vulnerable. And if we don't tap into the Spirit-led prayer, we will find ourselves without resources. But the second temptation is to sit back and do nothing. You see, if we don't take heed to the challenge of building ourselves up in the faith, we'll fall short. And if we don't keep ourselves in the love of God, we will find ourselves on the path to failure. And so Jude challenges us to keep these three principles in mind as we move forward in this battle that we must build ourselves up in the Word of God. We must pray in the Spirit, prayers that are in tune with God and His purpose. We must keep ourselves in His love, keeping our eyes fixed on Him, never to be distracted, focusing on Him and embracing His love. So may God keep us and give us the strength and power we need to build ourselves up and to keep ourselves in his love so that we can be more than overcomers in him.